Welcome to the Divine Rhyme, a music podcast with culture, with Will Hogsett and Dylan Hughes, one of the Running Hook Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to a new show on the Running Hook Podcast Network, The Divine Rhyme. My name is Will Hogsett. I'm joined by Dylan Hughes. And we wanted to we wanted to start a podcast about music and life because in my opinion, those were those are two of my favorite things to talk about. Hughes, um, first I want to say thank you to Alex Burr and the rest of the network for letting us join on. Um, and it's gonna be a little switch up from the rest little music like i mentioned not so much sports and try to discuss life hughes what is uh the divine rhyme to you yeah so we've been talking i mean i think me and you have been like this is a naturally occurring thing like this <laughs> this has been coming for a long time i feel like um i mean you know this network is very sports centric but i think overall we want to become like a pop culture network i would say where like everything that everything entertainment is included and we pretty much have all that right now uh except music so me and will have had so many conversations privately that i think a lot of people would enjoy listening to just how we like discuss music and its relation to life and um so i i think this is the perfect opportunity for us to do that and i'm excited about it because it's it's really just a naturally flowing conversation that happens to be recorded. So mm-hmm. I think uh, I, I'm excited about it, and I think other people will be as well. Yeah, Hughes, I um, this it, all kind of started, and it's funny how the running hook itself kind of started as well with being all friends from IEPUI, and um, you know we'd all we all had a couple sports classes together, um, and that's how we kind of got us started with just being friends, and then. Um, you know, when we all decided that we wanted to, you know, continue discussing our uh, topics and maybe put it on a on a platform, that's kind of how it happened. And, you know, me and you back at IUPUI a couple of years ago when I met you, we always, we were at like the beginning of our journey, essentially with, um, you know, we were both interested in finding out what 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 life is essentially and not at the fullest extent but we were just curious you know what i mean and we we had conversations like this and we've continued them to um just naturally like you mentioned throughout uh the last year year and a half and it's kind of funny how music has played a, a crucial part in that as well yeah and it's funny because i am actually thinking back to the first conversation we had and I believe podcasting was a part of that conversation about how how interested we were in podcasting and its its role in society and how you know as as two guys that like to analyze stuff pretty deeply I think we both kind of gravitated towards that and we gravitated towards each other because of that mm-hmm. because I mean I don't know about you but I don't have discussions like I have with you with other people very often mm-hmm. And I mean, I have a lot of close friends that I do go deep with on stuff, but it's, I think we, we kind of look at things from the same 
direction, even though we have our different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's been interesting how it's unfolded because again, our podcast network came about because of coronavirus and the lockdown. Like this was not something that we ever really discussed in depth actually doing. Mm-hmm. And we've all been friends with each other for a while now. Um, so it's, it's, it's just kind of funny how everything's come together. And like, we just had our one year anniversary with this network. And, and so for us to be able to do this, I think, uh, kind of shows how full circle life is. Absolutely. And I think it's interesting because like you mentioned, you know, the goal of this is to just have transfer those conversations that we are having over lunch or over, um, in the middle of classes over to, uh, a platform in which maybe we could, um, you know, broadcast it to people. And, you know, like you mentioned earlier, I think it's important just getting as many perspectives out as you can. And I think that's, that's what we're going to see a lot as it relates to at least the music side of it as well, because no, not only are we going to be giving our perspective on, um, you know, what each artist as, uh, has tried to, talk about within the albums but um you know we're gonna try to relate that to how we all could kind of i don't know come together to an extent or at least understand each other a little bit more and so um what what the goal of this podcast i guess is going to do is we're going to try to go through um a bunch of different artists one by one uh and break their albums up and and kind of points of their life, would you say, you know, and di- different aspects of their life and kind of analyze, um, you know, the meaning of the album, the theme of the album and kind of how it, what it took for them to get there. Is, is that, are you on with that, Hughes? Yeah. And, and that's, and I think this is going to be really interesting for both of us because I mean, all of these artists that we're going to go through, we have listened to for a long time. Mm-hmm. but it's just when you get more perspective on life and more experience, like you go back and listen to the same exact songs and you take different things out of them. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting for this first one, just looking at an artist that we've all been comfortable with for a long time, but just being able to actually see the journey now. And, and that's what I think is cool about music is everyone has their own growth patterns and everyone grows in life in their own ways. And, I mean, I think most people end up discovering the same things, but music is just so cool because there's actual, actually tangible evidence of what they thought at this time, what they had to say about life and what they think now and what they think in the future. It's, it's just a really cool way to like look at a person because, you know, a lot of people look at rappers or musicians in general, it's like they don't look at them as just normal people. They just think of them as entertainment or celebrities or whatever. But these are these are ultimately people that started from the same place that we started. So it's it's just cool to go back and be able to really analyze and dig in to their growth pattern in their own life mm-hmm. and be able to discuss it and compare it to our own. Yeah, and like not only do you learn more about the artists individually, I think, but I think you learn more about um you know, different places and different perspectives as well. Like I mentioned earlier, but it's like, you know, I, for example, this first artist, uh, I listened to a lot when I was in high school. Right. 
And, you know, I thought I kind of understood what, you know, oh, this is a good album. The songs sound really good. But coming back, you know, five, six, seven, eight years later, being having eight years worth of ideas and perspectives going through my mind, like you mentioned, it's just so interesting to be able to say, wow, (laughs) I didn't realize, you know, some of the shit that this guy was talking about, you know, and I think the more we're able to analyze and kind of think about what other people have been through, the better people that we could be individually. And so, yeah. And it's funny because like listening, listening to the, the albums and the projects we're about to discuss, like, I honestly feel like if I listened to the same songs, even just a month or two ago, I wouldn't have caught stuff that I caught now. So it's, it's, for me, it's been interesting to just kind of compare my own discoveries to the discoveries of music in like just a, such a short time. So it's uh, it's definitely exciting that we're gonna be doing this because like I'm I feel like I'm gonna learn a lot about myself throughout this process. As absolutely, well. absolutely. And so uh, might as well get it started, you know. And first off, I want to speak about this artist because I think this artist is a really good example of what we kind of want to talk about in the podcast. Um, It is none other than the man himself, J. Cole. And recently, personally, I've actually gotten a lot back in, a lot more back into J. Cole. Um, Just naturally kind of going through uh, some of his albums. Um, But what also I'm excited about this podcast is um, it's going to open me to his full discography to an extent and his full, you know, um, journey like his journey that's because like you mentioned that's literally what it is and so I was a big J. Cole guy like I mentioned back in high school but I didn't necessarily listen to all of his mixtapes or his mixtapes as well as I'd like to right and hearing this hearing all of this now it's like wow it helps put not only him into perspective but like I kind of mentioned before the the albums I'd already listened to more into perspective and so what we're going to do here today Let's talk about the J. Cole mixtapes, the come up, the warm up, and uh, Friday Night Lights. And uh, I've been listening to him for the about past week or so, taking notes. I know Hughes has been doing the same. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited to discuss these, uh, these mixtapes and also, um, you know, what it took for J. Cole to get there and the kind of mindset he was in. And so we're going to start with the come up. It was released on May 4th, 2007, 65 minutes, 21 tracks, I believe, 21 tracks. Uh, Hughes, what what stood out to you about the come up? Well, interesting. Listening to the come up was interesting because it was very different than everything he's put out since then. And as someone that didn't start listening to J. Cole until Forest Hills Drive, which I feel like a lot of people our age kind of have that same thing. That was like the first album that got them into j cole so it's been interesting to go back and listen to these mixtapes with the perspective of who he is now or who he has been in the past few years and kind of compare it to that um so the come up was really interesting because this was before j cole had an actual like record deal and before Mm -hmm. he was really a big deal and i believe it came out when he was like a freshman in college or a sophomore um so he so just a little bit of background for him if if you don't know 
So he grew up in Fayetteville, North Carolina. You know, he, he discusses that a lot, how uh, just the a lot of the violence and things he had to deal with growing up in that area. And, you know, he was very smart and he actually, you know, he applied himself in school and he ended up getting a scholarship to uh, university in New York. So he, he talks in, in his music about how he wanted a record deal at the age of 13. Like that was when he first started thinking about it. And he's like, by the time he got to college, he was still focused on that, but he, I think he felt like he needed um, a backup plan of sorts. And so he didn't even get a record deal until I believe after he graduated college. So, it's it, it's interesting to get the perspective of a rapper in college because it doesn't always work out like that. It's a lot of times it's you know they release their first mixtape that gets big when they're sixteen or eighteen and they either didn't have the ability to go to college or they just didn't want to. Um, so it's interesting listening back to it and with that perspective because again a lot of you don't see a lot of that in rap. Um, but the things he talks about, there's some similarities to the stuff since then, but a lot of it is really, I mean, it's, it's beautifully named. Like it's mm-hmm. focused on the come up, you know, he's, he's very uh, money focused and, and kind of focused on becoming big, mm-hmm. but he also talks a lot about girls, like chasing girls and stuff like that. Um, so, which he talks a little bit about in his, you know, latest stuff, but not as much Yeah, uh, because I just think I think that's just kind of a young person thing where you have to learn at some point that money and women aren't everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I I think that was interesting to see him discuss that stuff back then and kind of compare it to what he's done since and how he's discussed those two topics since then. Yeah, I think it's interesting as well. Um it's like I thought of it this morning because, like I mentioned, I, I listened to both of them this morning just to kind of get a refresher. And then I found myself with a little bit of extra time coming back to the come up, actually. And I thought it, I initially I thought it was I like the warm up a lot better. But what I was thinking of this morning, it's like it helps me at least personally put in Forest Hills Drive in a better perspective because Forest Hills Drive is is literally him reminiscing on the 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 come up essentially you know and the the time spent um not knowing essentially if he'd have if all of his dreams would come true and not knowing and after listening to the uh the come up i was like wow this is literally what he was talking about and that's why i think i've the more i've listened to it, i've come back to it because it's like wow i mean there's there's songs on here and it gets better i think the best the best part of it is at the end the last five or four or five songs but um you know you get simba which like you were mentioning is him kind of like i want to be the man i want to be the guy um and then another song that i wrote down um specifically where I think J. Cole, where I, the first song I really heard, I'm like, okay, that's that's the J. Cole I'm kind of starting to recognize is School Days, you know, where he's kind of reminiscing about uh, high school and talking about his struggles and 
what it was like then. And I think that's such a natural thing for people to do. And that's why I talk about Forest Hills Drives in relation to this as well, because Forest Hills Drives is him kind of reminiscing the whole thing. And in school days, he's not only reminiscing about the come up, but just an easier life, you know, kind of ignorance is bliss to an extent. And, and people think about that all the time. And especially while you're while we're young, I know me in high school and elementary, all I could think about was wanting to grow up and get you know, get this adult life. But in, in school days, J. Cole really puts in perspective, like, man, all I had to worry about was going to high, uh, going to football games on Friday or hanging out and stuff like that. And, you know, I think that that's part of why J. Cole, why I really like J. Cole is because he's able to kind of talk about those things in such a, such a unique way. You know, he's a, he's a storyteller through and through. There's no doubt about it. But, um, you know, and the way he doesn't really care essentially about, you know, what a wishing, wishing he was going back to a better life, essentially, or at least a, a simpler life. That's his genuinity throughout the whole thing is something that I've really found that I like about J. Cole. Yeah, School Days was the one for me I, I found myself attached to as well. And honestly, like, his – it's it's interesting listening to the come up because, again, a lot of the stuff he talks about is kind of typical, like, rap, you know. Like, it's it's – a lot of it doesn't separate from some of the other artists, but there's a few points where you can really start to see the storytelling and, like, the transparency. And I think School Days was – a great example of that and you know this is this is kind of like the first life point that i found uh thinking about from this and, and just as you were talking about it's like it, it's the comfort and going back to easier times and it's funny how our mind does this because i the more i think about how like the mind reacts to stuff i realize that i mean we are naturally animals right mm-hmm. and all animals, all living beings have some sort of survival instinct inside them. And it's interesting with humans because since we're like kind of the top of the food chain, we don't often have to worry about like being attacked by another animal or, you know, we don't have to worry about that as much, but our, our survival instinct reacts in a different way, I think. And I think when our mind goes back to the past, it, it looks at the past as some, something that you survived, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's something that it can say, hey, like I survived this, so I'm able to, like if I could go back to that time, I know I would survive it again and I wouldn't have to worry about anything. And, and so that, that's just what's interesting about the mind is, you know, the ego is very fear-driven. Mm-hmm. And again, it, it all comes back to survival and we don't know what's coming in the future. So, so we have a natural instinct to be scared of the future because we don't know if we're going to survive it. And I think this song did a really good job of, of kind of discussing that and outlining like how the, how the ego thinks about the past and the future. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's funny because, you know, you see a lot of progression within this mixtape alone where he's talking about the past, but he also talks a lot about the future and how, you know, he's, he's optimistic about the future and making it. So I, I thought this was a fascinating comparison to some of the other stuff he's talked about. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then he hits, and then he hits Dollar in a Dream, which is a uh, kind of like a theme of his throughout his whole mixtapes and then his first album. And I don't know about you, but I, going through the albums this last week, every single time I heard Dollar in a Dream came on, I was like, all right, I love it. I love it. And it's different in each one. And we'll kind of talk about that. But every time Dollar in a Dream comes on, I'm like, okay, here goes J. Cole. You know, here, here he goes. And then um, I thought College Boy, which is uh, the eighth track on the album, was really good as well. Uh, but I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. And I was going to say this to the end, but I think you brought up a good point uh, in school days um, about kind of, as you mentioned, um, reminiscing about easier times. And uh, I think my favorite three song medley in all of the albums is the 14th, 15th, and 16th song on um, the come up. And it's Little Ghetto, Homecoming, and then Carolina on my mind. And uh, the reason, reason I want to talk about that now is it's kind of like those three songs are the progression of J. Cole realizing where he came from, talking about where he came from, seeing where he is now in Homecoming, and people telling him he does it like, you know, you want to be famous. If you want to be famous, you're going to stay in New York and you don't want to go home. The goal is to get out of, uh, out of your hometown and become this person. And then, but the juxtaposition in that same song is J. Cole also realizing it's like, no, I want to go back there. That's the place that kind of made me. And that's where my, that's where the people, I love that place. I got a natural attach, attach, attachment to that place. And, and then 16 Carolina on my mind, is just him kind of having that realization, in my opinion, of, you know what, this is, this is my place. And it's interesting because he's always, he's always um, throughout his even newer stuff, he always still continues to have that attachment to Carolina and Fayetteville uh, specifically. And listening to this album and those three songs uh, in particular really gave me an idea on like why, you know, and how the specific hometown that we all grow up in or J. Cole in this specific example shares that attachment, you know, resonates with our soul to an extent. Yeah. And it is interesting with those three, because again, I, I think there's, there's two sides to every, every coin with this. And like, it's, it's him recognizing, I think that, you know, if he didn't go to New York city, he probably wouldn't have become the person he is, mm -hmm. but also not forgetting where you came from because ultimately you know, we all have roots, right? Our, you know, our past are our roots and those roots give us the, the knowledge we need to be able to move forward in life. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that was interesting as well that he was able to recognize that, you know, leaving Carolina was good for him, but also Carolina was still very important for him. Mm -hmm. And then I think, and I think, really listening to those three songs and then if I could add a fourth I would definitely add can't cry because my 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 and that's like that's like the culmination of the album in my opinion and um you know he has going off which kind of takes you back into his initial mindset uh at the starting of the album it's like you know what but can't cry is like the peak of the album for me because he really talks about like kind of going back to school days it's like realization of Carolina and the easier days in school however 
he's got more ahead of him and he's not going to let any of this, any of this stop him. And so I'm going to read uh, the chorus, the lyrics of the, or the hook to that uh, because I think that really explains like what, what he's talking about. He says, some, some, sometimes shine, some shine, uh, <laughs> a little tongue twister, eh? He says, sometimes sunshine turn to rain. The same ones you love will bring you pain. I don't know if I will see tomorrow, but I won't cry. And in this life, time's getting hard, but fuck, fuck that, I'm aiming for the stars. I won't stop till the day I die and I won't cry. I won't cry, you know? And I think it's interesting because flipping that side of the coin that you were talking about earlier, making you those reminiscing memories of going back to, um, you know, your childhood and that comfort zone is, it's an easier mindset to have. And it's, it makes it easier kind of just to stroll through life. But in this song, J. Cole is kind of like realizing that, you know what, those were good times, but I have more, more coming for me. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I just think that that's, like I mentioned, it's like the peak of the album, in my opinion, because it's kind of, it's that, it's a realization that J. Cole comes to within the mixtape, I'm sorry, uh, itself. So. Yeah. And you know, there's, there's a similar discussion on rags to riches, which was a song that I, I liked a lot where, you know, he talks in the beginning about how he's, you know, like he's in college and he's broke and he's going for this like thing that he truly like believes in his heart and he knows in his heart that he should be doing, but it's tough for him because he's comparing himself to the people around him and the people he grew up with. And he talks about how, you know, his friends are, are drug dealing and making more money than him. And it's, it's something that like, I think he's having a little bit of an internal conflict with, where is like, he, he believes in what he's doing, but he just hasn't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it's interesting because I, I was comparing it to myself and I, I think you might as well, because we're kind of in a, you know, we're at the same place in our life really, where, you know, we just got out of college and we don't have that firm path, like that firm job yet. We don't have like that firm direction. And we, we know in our heart what we want to do, mm-hmm. but we haven't seen a ton of like physical proof that that's actually going to work. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was interesting to see that because, you know, he acknowledges that he kind of has those negative thoughts when he's comparing himself to the others around him. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he knows like if he sticks on and holds on, he's going to make it. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely, that's the toughest part of the, that whole phase that J. Cole is in that we're kind of in right now um, is you got, you kind of, you got this feeling, right? And whether that feeling's like confidence or belief, I mean, believing in yourself, right? But as you mentioned, you know, you can't see the future and J. Cole and we are at this kind of state where it's like those, those thoughts are super powerful because the, the longer you, you kind of stay in, in, in this phase where you, you don't know what's going on, the more powerful they become. And what J. Cole in, in this kind of album, at the end of this album, kind of is saying, in my opinion, is in the initial part of this album, he was like over kind of over-exaggerating how, he, how confident he was, right? Or, you know, just focusing on like, 
you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. This is it. This is me. I'm the guy. And it, that's why I really like the, the out the mixtape as a whole, because he really kind of goes deeper into his head, the deeper as the album goes and, you know, acknowledging those, acknowledging those uh, self-doubting beliefs is really, I think, empowering for him as well because he's not he's not hiding those away and he's not becoming this guy that's like it's going to happen it's going to happen it's going to happen and i think that's what works out to j cole in his favor at least musically as well because he is adding that vulnerability in it yeah and again like this is something me and you talk about a lot with with awareness and i mean i just heard a quote the other day that to have power you have to have awareness and i was like damn that's so true and like when listening to this I think J. Cole has perfect awareness of not only who he is, but what he wants to do mm-hmm. and who he can become. So like I'm, you said it perfectly that you can see the progression of his line of thinking throughout this tape and the end, there's definitely a lot more deepness into his mind. So it's, it's really interesting to listen to that. And, and again, just kind of compare it to the following stuff and how this really laid the foundation for who he is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, one more thing before we do move on to the warm-up. Um, I was going to talk about the transitions uh, in the songs kind of on a musical level, how how I think they're really, really quality. Like, J. Cole knows how to end a song and then bring you into another one and get you pumped up again. Like, okay, here he goes. Here he goes again. But I, I think, as you mentioned, the transition of the line of thinking within the songs is beautifully laid out as well. And so you could tell that even on this original mixtape, J. Cole knew how to kind of put a compilation of songs together that really, really, really works. And so that's going to take us into the warm up, which is uh, J. Cole's second effort, second mixtape released on June 15th, 2009. Now, this one's an hour and nine minutes long. Um, it's got 22 tracks. And I know that this one kind of uh, definitely hit a hit a note with you. No pun intended. <laughs> uh Hughes um so what what do you got what do you got for us on the warm-up well the first thing you notice is like literally right off the bat I mean so the come up was I mean it was a good first effort and you know for that I mean he's had like EPs before that and like people knew who he was but you can just tell that the production value isn't really there and it's his voice even is kind of underdeveloped from what it became Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that's just age, but, mm-hmm. um, it's interesting cause you know, there's two years of separation between these two mixtapes and it's like, damn, like it feels like it was 20 years. Like the, 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 as quick as he changed, I mean, the message developed a lot too, because you know, he had more experience, but I, I just think the production value was great. Mm-hmm. And so he, he ends up signing to rock nation, Jay-Z's, uh, label and, he doesn't sign to it until after the mixtape's almost done, though. So that's I think that's a story he talks about in like in uh, in the next tape we're gonna talk about Friday Night Lights. But he I, I believe the story is that he released Lights Please, which was a great song on this uh, on this uh, record, and and it I think it was in some ways like a big introduction to him for people that didn't know him. Mm-hmm. And apparently Jay-Z heard this song and that's what made him sign into Rock Nation. And but the, the fascinating thing is that 
again, this this mixtape was almost done before he even signed. So you can so a lot of the production improvement and all that was on him. It wasn't it wasn't him being on a huge label. It was, you know, just just him improving as an artist. So it's it's fascinating just sonically to listen to the two and compare them because again it's like it feels like night and day. And again, the come up was like it wasn't like it was it, it didn't set a low bar, you know, like it, it set mm-hmm. a pretty high mm-hmm. bar for what most artists are going for, but he still cleared it so easily with the warm up. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the, the, the first thing I wanted to talk about was, uh, can I live, which I think was one of my favorite tracks. Absolutely. And what's fascinating to me, and if it was just standalone, it wouldn't be that big of a deal, but one thing that's interesting to me about J. Cole, and if you listen to anything since then, you'll hear it, that he reminisces on death a lot. Mm-hmm. And and For Your Eyes Only, which we're going to discuss in the future, is second most recent album. The entire album is about, it, it's basically like left for his daughter if he were to die. So I thought it was fascinating that listening back, even that far back, that he still reminisces on death so much and... I, again, I think it's it's a little bit of fear within him that he's kind of worried that before he becomes who he wants to be, he's going to die. Absolutely. But but also recognizing at the same time that, you know, he has to just keep going and keep fighting that. But I mean, at the end of the at the end of the song, he's like literally asking, you know, God, can I live so I don't have to deal with all these problems I just laid out like leaving a kid alone, you know, uh, leaving a kid without a father and all that. So I. I thought it was fascinating because, again, he he talks about death a lot, which is there are definitely some artists that do that. But, I mean, this is just another example of how transparent he is in his mind. Yeah, um, and I think it's really interesting because, yeah, in in the initial part of the song, too, he really talks about, um, you know, wanting to change the world, coming from where he was and having this gift of whatever it is, his, his intelligence and his dedication. And that, that hard work doesn't come from without like internally thinking like, do I have enough time to do this or do I have, am I allowed to still be myself and like go out to the club on Friday and try to pick up a girl. And I think at least me personally, I resonate with that a lot because I, you know, you want to do all you can for uh, the world or people around you, essentially. And you want to bring these perspectives and these ideas to light. And sometimes you get so caught up in doing that, that you start like becoming self-deprecating. Like I can't do what I want because I have to accomplish this mission first. And, you know, it's really, again, going back to J. Cole being genuine and uh, really understanding and analyzing his own thoughts, not necessarily like falling into them. He, he's really aware of, and by putting them out out there on this level, he really is aware of, you know, what he wants to do. And it's over, it's to the point where it's almost getting in his way as well, because, you know, he doesn't feel like he could also live the life that he wants to because he has this mission to accomplish. Yeah. And again, like lights please i think lays that out in even more in depth with what you're talking about with like trying to get a you know a girl on the weekend or whatever that i mean this song is very fascinating and again this is something i've listened to this song for i can't even count how many years 
And it's something I never actually recognized because again, I just didn't have the experience I have now. And it's interesting because he, he talks a lot in the come up about, you know, chasing women and all that and kind of just leaves it at that. But lights please. I feel like is his first song where he addresses that, like, you know, he's, he's still trying to get a girl, but he also has a ton of other stuff on his mind. Mm. And I think he even talks about how he kind of loses him. He kind of, his, his way out of all the pains of the world is, is through sex. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was like a fascinating thing for him to discuss because it's, you can kind of tell that's, he had a recent realization that that's kind of how he handled things where he's focused on way bigger things than he was, you know, just a few years prior, but at the same time, he still kind of comes back to the same places for uh, comfort. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because I'm going to go ahead to another song that I wrote down on this one dreams. Um, and cause he kind of goes back into that uh, kind of girl mindset. Right. And it's, it's almost like it's the opposite of that to an extent because he's like, he starts off with, um, he, he, he's always thinking that he, he has girls on his mind that he can't have essentially. And then that kind of messes up with him, messes his own love life up because he spends so much time like wondering, is this a girl for me? Is this a girl or not? You know, and that, that I, I, I relate to that a lot and I'm sure you do as well. He is, uh, because it's like, sometimes we get in our own head so deeply when it relates to, uh, attracting, you know, the girl, your dreams, um, at least in, in our example, uh, that it kind of hinders you to an extent. Right. And, um, you know, he also talks about in the song how I, right, I'm just going to come up with this plan and do, and just do it and just handle it. But, you know, when it comes up to the moment that that mind just kind of gets, gets going and gets, gets rolling in it and it, it hinders you because you've you've created these thoughts in your head of a, a girl or someone else that you know that who knows is if it's the girl of your dreams you know yeah and again like this i i think this may be one of the most relatable songs i have to him because mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, me, same. <laughs> me and you i mean me and you just discussed this a few days ago about about how it, it's just fascinating how you know, as comfortable as you are with yourself and what you're doing, there's just some, when it comes to girls, there's just something that, that is so different than anything else. It just, it can definitely get in your mind. And I mean, this, this dreams is a great song because, you know, he, I mean, it's, it's exactly what a lot of, I I think probably most guys go through at some point Mm -hmm. where you see a girl, you don't know anything about her. You may not even know her name, Mm-hmm. And you just put an idea in your mind of that person and, and build a future or whatever. You build a false reality that it's just that. I mean, that's what it is. It's a false reality. It, there's there's nothing. There's no example that you're, you're going off of. Like you're just completely creating this world in your mind. So, you know, he, he talks about like envisioning a future with her where he like runs her boyfriend off the road or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And like so he can console her and like be with her. And it's just it's fascinating because again, like this, and and I don't do it as much as I used to, but again, I think it's just kind of almost like human nature. And again, it goes down to survival. I think we're, you know, everyone's looking for a mate. So Mm -hmm. it is, if you find even just a small inkling of that being possible with a certain person, you can like build this reality in your mind that just isn't real. And I, 
I thought that he laid it out perfectly where it's like, this is a girl he barely even knows, but he's, he's already created a future in his head with her. And it's, it's, it's just fascinating to listen to. Yeah. And you know, whenever you do create those false realities, the natural uh, consequence of that is put, whenever you come into the actual reality, when you're doing something with this, with the girl that you think of, you naturally put pressure on yourself because you already have all these ideas of this relationship that you've created. Like this one's a girl for me. And so the pressure just comes naturally with that because of the reality that you think is true in your mind. Yeah, exactly. And, and again, I think it all goes to, it goes back to flow and like, this i mean stuff like this with with whether it be with women or even just like a goal or a dream of yours like if if you become too fixated on it and and you kind of try to force things it's never going to happen right it's it's supposed to flow naturally and that's i think that's something that he talks about in other songs where you kind of just go with the flow and like believe in yourself and things will happen but again it's just sometimes it's just hard to completely get out of your mind when it comes to stuff like that um, and the next song I kind of want to talk about, and I might be skipping ahead so we could uh, go back a little bit, is is The Badness. And um, because I think that song is really interesting. Again, J. Cole being super vulnerable on a track, uh, letting you know all the thoughts that are in his head, you know, just because those are him. And I think The Badness he talks about, I mean, it's kind of... It says it's in in its name. He talks about the badness inside him, you know, and how he has all these dreams and he has all these ambitions to help and be a good person. And he talks a little bit about his heart and he knows where his heart is at. But at the same time, he has this other side to him that I think in this track, he kind of worries that he can't won't be able to control. And I think when when you have a good heart to an extent, it's natural to be worried about controlling the, the other side to, to you. And so again, I think the vulnerability on this track and J Cole acknowledging the side that he doesn't necessarily like to relate to as much is, um, is beautiful. And it definitely adds, and it, again, it, that's where you really start to see, okay, this is a J Cole that I've recognized from some of the newer stuff like this in-depth hyper aware guy that isn't afraid to put it, put it all on the table. Yeah. And, and that's, it's interesting because you, you see this with a lot of artists and, you know, we're going to discuss Travis Scott in the future. And I think he discussed a similar thing where, you know, when you rise to this level and when you're trying to be like the right person, it's you have a lot of inner confliction to things because you're you're offered things that you've never been offered before and and there's a lot more opportunity to do wrong uh or to kind of go against yourself so yeah i agree that this was a perfect like point of transparency where he can kind of show us that you know even though he's already told us the person that he thinks he is or he's trying to be that like he still has to face the darkness sometimes and then in the second verse, um, I guess Omen kind of uh, says it in this song, but I really like this line. Uh, feels like I'm riding on a charted plane of brokenhearted pain. Turbulence is constant. My pilot has gone insane. And I thought he's your pilot talking about, and like you mean that inner conflict, you know, when you get to that level, it, it, it gets tough. Maybe these parasites of paranoia won't prevail. And I think, 
like like I mentioned before, those thoughts are natural. You know, those thoughts are going to happen. It's just will you choose to believe in them, or will you choose to overcome them? You know, because at the end of the day, like you have the you have the choice, and you know the pressures are will be insane. But especially what J Cole I think is really good at is coming just powering through them and you know picking the dream over those thoughts um you have any other songs on the album this album you'd like to talk about or this mixtape uh no i think i think we got through all of them all right so we'll go to uh friday night lights uh which was released november 12th 2010 um 77 minutes so an hour or an hour and 17 he's got some features on here you could tell that he's um you know kind of hit the game this is of course three years after the um the the warm-up uh 22 tracks or 20 tracks alone what 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 stood out to you on this one is well again like i it didn't feel as I, I know a lot of people enjoy this as his favorite uh, mixtape, mm-hmm. and like, don't get me wrong, the music is good, but it's it felt it felt different because a lot of it it didn't feel like it was as thematic as the first two. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but one there was one point I really found again. It goes back to this death theme on the song "Farewell," where he just continues to talk about. Uh, his like he almost looks at his life as like afterwards like he he's like kind of examining his life after he would have already died and like there's a line he's like will they say I was a giver or remember I was selfish will they say I was a sinner or pretend I was a saint and like it's just it's interesting because when he talks about death I think he's he's almost worried about his legacy a little bit which I think everyone is to some degree thinks about their legacy and like what they can leave on the earth. And that's something that J Cole talks about a lot. Cause again, he talks about, you know, wanting to put good things into the world and wanting to be a good person. So I thought that, I thought that was an interesting track that really stood out to me about kind of just examining your life before it's over almost mm-hmm. and, and seeing what people might remember you as. Yeah. I thought, you know this this mixtape is interesting because it's it, more than any other J Cole at least I've heard to this point. It's more like a bunch of songs kind of thrown together. Now, don't get me wrong; these songs are pretty pretty good. But I think as we were talking about in the in, initial um, initial two mixtapes, and especially as, as in the albums. I mean, especially in the albums. The thing I like about J Cole is not only is he able to put a good individual song together, but the storytelling throughout the whole album is just really, really, really incredible. And I think that is what you're missing. That, At least in my opinion, that's what I'm missing a little bit. And that's, again, my favorite part about J. Cole. Um, but I mean, you got In the Morning, which of course is, um, you know, just a great song individually. Uh, Villamatic, of course, love that. Love the beat on that. Um, and then... Uh, I liked Farewell. I wrote Farewell. I love liked Lo- Love Me Not as well. But again, you know, they almost don't go together as well. It kind of just seems a little bit thrown together. And, um, you know, at least that's where it falls uh, to uh, in comparison to the other two mixtapes, in my opinion. Yeah, and, you know, 
going back to uh, the warm up, uh, I already forgot the name of the song, but where he's talking about the uh, having to face, you know, the the darkness a little bit, the badness. And, yeah, the badness. And there's a song on this album or this tape, uh, Two Face, that's kind of similar, where he talks about, you know, going moving up in the world and like having to face some of those temptations uh, for material possessions, girls and like all the stuff that fame has brought him. And on the flip side, there's, there's so many other things he has to worry about with like the social issues and, you know, uh, murder and stuff like that. So I, I thought this was like a, almost a more advanced version of the badness where again, he has more perspective on life and like his line of thinking. And he kind of just details uh, almost like the the brightness and the darkness of his mind. All right, Hughes. Um, do you have any other songs on this one you'd like to talk about? <laughs> no, like I said, I mean, I I think the it's it, it's it's not a bad tape. It's like it's a good tape. It just doesn't feel as like strongly pieced together as the first two. So. Uh-huh. Uh, there, I just didn't have a ton of takeaways from it, honestly. Yeah, and it's almost like. I think, and you, you you catch a couple songs on um, his initial uh, album, like his actual album from this, um, and so I almost wonder if he, you know, was wasn't was more focused on putting together his first album. I'm sure it was in the works at that rate, um, but and it kind of seemed a little bit thrown together. Um, but so let's transition now. Let's kind of talk about. Um, the albums as a whole or the mixtapes as a as a you know a bunch and uh talk about like his growth in between them a little bit um and i just had a couple things that on the come up you know i think a lot of the theme of the come up is young he's really eccentric he's excited and then at the end as we mentioned he's kind of realized He's kind of realized, okay, um, maybe it's not as easy as I thought, you know, and that's as him as starting to grow as a musician. And then I think the warm up, he really goes more into detail about like the challenges. And uh, I mean, some you still get those really super hyper confident songs, but I think in the warm up, he's more, it's more of like a realization of, oh shit, you know, this is, this is gonna, this isn't gonna be easy. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's, I think that's the best part of, of the, of the biggest difference between the two is the come up. He's like almost trying to prove himself. Like he, mm-hmm. he's trying to show the world like who he believes he is from like a completely positive and like confident perspective yep. where he's telling the world, like I'm coming. So like get ready for it. Um, and then the warm up is, is just fascinating. Cause again, it's just like, like I'm coming still and like I've already arrived to some extent, but at the same time, there's, there's parts of this life that I don't like. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's, there's parts of this fame that I don't like. And that's that's bad. And he just, he does such a great job of outlining, you know, both, both the positive and the negative parts of his journey mm-hmm. and, and letting us go inside his mind and understand how he's looking at, at different things. 
you know, and it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier when, you know, on school days in the come up when he reminisces on the younger on a younger life. And you really kind of see that manifesting in his albums, like literally manifesting in these albums, because he does, as you mentioned, go more into detail about the challenges and the issues that this life has brought him. And it's kind of like, you know, the come up, you hear this optimism and this incredible confidence in himself, as we've mentioned, but it, it, it's just really interesting thinking of school days and how the warm up is almost kind of him reminiscing on the come up to an extent, right? And so, as you mentioned earlier, that's why that's why I love music and going through these these earlier stuff because he really you really see his life playing out on a, on a set of tracks. I think that might be a, a Kendrick quote from damn, uh, but he's, I think Kendrick said something along the line, but you see, not only do you hear the growth in his voice and his production and the music, but you, you're able to see the story as well. Yeah. And again, it, it's just fascinating because going back to the come up and like, he, like listen, because I I like to listen to J Cole just talk. Like I like his interviews too, because he discusses a lot of the stuff that we like to talk about. Um, you know, with just just kind of under like being able to control your mind, meditating, and all that. And it's just funny listening to the come up now because all the stuff he's bragging about having or that he's gonna have, he doesn't even care now. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's funny when because even on the warm up you can you can hear it to an extent, um, yeah. Where he's, especially with girls, I think is where the biggest progression came. Where when he's younger, like he he loved chasing girls, and like just the warm up, just a couple years after the, you know, he talks about all that stuff. He he talks about you know falling in love and like uh, you know having a girl that can hold it down for him, and mm-hmm. and again like the the even more recent stuff, he talks about that a lot. Where it's like you know, his girl is the only girl he sees. And it, it was, it's just fascinating because I mean, I've noticed that with my own life where the stuff we, the stuff that we really go after now and the stuff that we worry about like, with the future, like we're going to get to a point where that stuff just doesn't even resonate anymore. It just doesn't, it just doesn't matter to us as much. Mm-hmm. So it, it's fascinating to, cause you just get such a great uh, timeline of his line of thinking and how he views things. So it's, I just, even though like this is his early stuff and mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely like he's gotten a lot better since then. It's still fascinating to go back and listen to it and, and just see the, the amount of growth he had in, in a pretty short amount of time. So let me ask you this, Hughes, um, because I personally, before we decided doing this podcast and discuss um, J. Cole uh, first, I had not listened to either of those albums. My question to you is, or the mixtape, sorry, which, which one would which one, if all, would you come back to? Like, are you going to be coming back to these to listen and be like, I, I, I really, really like that. So I, I never listened to the come up. Um, I had listened to the warm up, So that was, I think that was one of the first things I listened to after Forest Hills Drive. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've found myself going back to that even before we did this, mm-hmm. um, you know, not very often, but like, I feel like once a year I have a J Cole phase. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> like, like last year I got really into born center, which, uh, I think we're going to discuss in the future. Cause just, just a great, uh, line of work, great body of work from him. But I find myself going through these J Cole phases and it's, it's always a different album. Like I, 
I get stuck on four drives only a lot. And four sales drive, I don't think I listen to as much anymore because I just listened to it so much in the past. Mm -hmm. um, but I probably, I probably am due to go back and listen to that too. But the warm up, I find myself coming back to a lot. But after listening to the come up, and again, there's it, sonically, it doesn't sound as good as the other stuff. Absolutely. But just from the perspective that he has in the line of thinking, I, I think I want to go back and dig through it even a little bit deeper. Um, so what I, I gave my best three song medley, um, which I'm gonna go with again, homecoming on the come up Carolina on my mind and then can't cry. Uh, what's, what's your best three song medley in, in the mixtapes? So I went pretty early on in the warm up. I went with the second, third, and fourth tracks, uh, welcome. Can I live and grown Simba? Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's similar to the reason you chose yours because in those three songs, you can kind of hear different perspectives on different parts of the same thing. And, you know, welcome and grown Simba are kind of about him, you know, becoming who he is and who he wants to be. And like, you know, really starting to see success. But then again, can I live, which we discussed in depth already talks more about, you know, death and like some of the, some of the other challenges he has. So I, I thought it was really nicely laid out where, and, and he does this throughout a lot of his stuff where he, he can have positive tracks, but like in the middle of like, he'll, sometimes he'll sandwich in um, more of like an introspective and almost like kind of negative song where he, he shows us the darker side of his brain and what he thinks about. Mm -hmm. So I thought those three songs were really nicely put together. And I think that is is really how J. Cole, as I mentioned earlier, is able to keep an audience just, I, at least me personally, absolutely glued to my fucking seat, man. Like, you know, and I, I mentioned a bit earlier about how I think he's able to drop a song and then pick one up in, in a way that's like, all right, here we go again. But you know, by mixing in those introspective, as you mentioned, kind of dark and, and like maybe lower melody or lower, lower tempo, adding a little bit more melody. He, he, he's able to switch up at least sonically um, enough to keep uh, the audience involved. And um, again, I think that just goes along with how well he's able to compile a group of songs together. Um, but I think when you when you look at what J. Cole does throughout these whole mixtapes is he lays a foundation for um, he lays a foundation for his albums. And I, we're going to go into detail uh, more about the albums uh, in the next podcast. Um, but the come up, the warm up and even Friday Night Lights truly, I mean, they're mixtapes. So they're before his, um, you know, B-list, A-list celebrity days, um, but they really lay, again, like I'm, like we've talked about so much, they lay a foundation of who he is and where he came from, and going back to these mixtapes definitely helps me personally kind of understand how he is able to... Um, how how he's able to be so introspective and be so genuine and and truth truthful on his uh, studio projects. Yeah, and and you know one one reason that I've just been drawn to J Cole for so long is so obviously the music sounds good. Like I I think what's interesting about his beats is you know a lot of rappers are just kind of like drum heavy 
Mm-hmm. And that's that's where a lot of the focus for the sound is. But he'll mix in a bunch of random instruments. Like he'll put uh, like a nice piano melody in there. He'll put some strings, some horns. Like there's there's always something new that is just really interesting um, that really catches your ear. And I just think what separates him from other other you know artists is that again he's so good at, at laying out what he's thinking mm-hmm. and that's just the beautiful thing about music and i know it's a reason that me and you connect to music so much as i mean everyone goes through challenges in life you know like big and small and the more that you hear other people talk about those challenges i think it's easier for you to understand like this is just natural this is part of life like i'm fine i'm gonna get through it and all that stuff because, you know, I, if you close yourself off to the world and you're just sad, you're never going to be able to, you know, completely understand the whole body of what being a human is and that there's, there's, a, there's always a negative to a positive and there's always a positive to a negative. And I just think that's what separates J. Cole is he does such a good job of, of showing who he truly is and the challenges he goes through. Yeah, and I think – you mentioned like there's always a positive to a negative. Um, I think the negative, what you, what the negative tries to lead you to believe to an extent is that you're kind of alone in this world, right? Or you're all by yourself and you know, you can't, you can't do anything. It's all, it's only, I, I, I'm screwed essentially. I know that's kind of my thought process in some occasions. And again, that's why naturally opening yourself to music, opening yourself to other people's perspectives, not only gives you a better idea of the world around you, but also makes you aware that, hey, I'm not the only one going through these issues. And that's, again, we talked about J. Cole's vulnerability throughout this whole podcast, but that is why I think J. Cole resonates with such a large audience because the issues that, and the, and the issues and the hyper-confidence that he has is what everyone kind of thinks of and what everyone kind of goes through and obviously in a completely different, you know, level and completely different areas of life. But, um, again, just hearing J. Cole, J. Cole's perspective uh, really allows me to, you know, to an, to an extent think I'm not alone in this world. And like I mentioned, I think that's where those negative thoughts kind of try to lead you. Yeah, exactly. And like on, on perspective, like, that I think that's one reason that me and you like talking about this stuff a lot. And we like talking to just other people in general is, I mean, I look at humanity as like one whole thing, right? Like I don't look at, I don't look at each human individually. It's like, we all make up one humanity. Like we, all of us put together as one whole. So to completely understand the whole of humanity, you have to talk to other people mm-hmm. because otherwise you're going to be missing out on, on perspectives. And it's, that's why I really have come to enjoy listening to other people, whether it's in person or through music, you know, discuss stuff like this, whether we can relate to it or not. And Mm -hmm. again, there's a lot of stuff that J Cole went through that we'll never be able to relate to because we didn't grow up, you know, in poverty and like with crime surrounding us. Um, But again, at the same point, despite having completely different backgrounds, we kind of all come to the same conclusions in our head. And I just think that's what's so cool is like, no, no matter what someone goes through and, and who they are, you can kind of all end up in the same place. Mm-hmm. And I think, 
again, going back to the limiting beliefs, it's when people are unopened or when, when you close yourself off to some of these ideas, that's when, you know, kind of the anxiety starts coming in to an extent. And whether it's naturally, whether it's conscious, unconscious, and like, or whether you just are willfully ignorant, as people would like to call it. Like, I think that's where a lot of uh, the division in humanity to an extent comes from. It's just an individual un- not accepting of other people's ideas. And I know I've, I've in multiple facets of my life, I've closed myself off. Like for the example, if, if I w- wouldn't have done this podcast, I wouldn't probably have never listened to the come up or the warm up as much as I love J. Cole, like literally as much as I love J. Cole, but I already had this idea in my mind of like, no, I, I don't like that. It's a mixtape or whether it was a mixed, like sometimes when, when I'm listening, when I see mixtapes, it's like, ah, it's a mixtape. Like, ah, it's not that good. But then, you know, I'm just so glad. And that, again, that's why this podcast for me, I'm really, really excited to do because I'm forcing myself because I want to get on here and talk about it. I'm forcing myself to listen to some of the things that I might not have listened to. And at the end of the day, it only helps me become more aware of not only my, my life, but the lives around me. And at the end of the day, it helps me, I think become more, more loving and compassionate person just by understanding the many different perspectives of what a lot of people go through. Yeah, and I I think that's open-mindedness is one of the most important traits you can have because, I mean, there's a ton of stuff in my life where I didn't think I wanted to do something, but because I did that, it like I became such a, you know, a better or smarter person for that. And the thing about experience is like you can listen to an hour album and you can look at it as a waste of time if you didn't like it, but like you also have to understand like what if, what if, you didn't listen to that album and it ended up being great. You know, it's like the, the more you close yourself off to stuff, the more you're closing yourself off to yourself really. And like discovering what you might think about something or other people. And it, it's something I talk about a lot that like everything in life is a lesson, whether you thought it was good or not. And so just opening yourself up to whether it's new music or talking to new people or doing new things like, there's always going to be something you get out of that, whether you feel like it was a waste of time or not, that's going to help you down the line. Yeah. For example, like a bad experience, you know, people want to focus on like the bad parts of like an experience and whatever experience it may be. It's like, Oh shit, that happened to me. That's fucking stupid. But instead there's, I mean, there's multiple ways to think of it. It's like two sides of the coin. Like we were talking about earlier. It's like, you could either think of it as like, I can't believe that shit happened to me. Or you could think of it as like, I'm glad that happened to me. So I know not to, or so I know to at least try not to put myself in the same circumstance. Yeah. And there's every time I think about this kind of stuff, I think about, uh, there was a story that Alan Watts told the philosopher. Uh, he, he told a story about this Chinese farmer and his horse ran away. So everyone in the town came to him and they were like, Oh, like, we're so sorry. Your horse ran away. And then he said, we'll see. And everyone was so surprised that like he wasn't so negative about it. So sad. So they were so, you know, they felt compelled to buy him a new horse. So they're like, Oh, here's your new horse. Hope you like it or whatever. And he was like, we'll see. And the horse ends up, uh, or his son ends up riding the horse that they got him and his son breaks off or falls off and breaks his leg. 
So they're like, oh, we're so sorry. Your son broke your le- his leg. And he's like, we'll see. And then like two weeks later, the you know Chinese military comes to his door trying to get his son to join the military. Uh, and it's, so it's, it's like an example of like, no matter what happens, it, it can seem good or bad in the moment. But the future is what's always going to give you the context for like that specific situation. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think it's so interesting looking back at my life, like the past year, there's a bunch of stuff I've gone through that like, you know, brought me down and made me think that, you know, this was a bad thing. But like, I look back now and it was like, it was experience I had to go through for me to get to the place I'm at now. So yeah. it's, and, and again, that's something you see with, with J Cole's music is like, there's, he, 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 you have to have, you have to have, uh, you have to be positive no matter what. It's yeah. like, no matter what, no matter what situation you're going through, positivity is always going to basically manifest good things coming to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, like that's, it's so interesting hearing him talk about it because he, I mean, it, he was at a pretty young age when he released all this stuff. And like, he recognized that you don't have to address the negative thoughts in your mind and address. Like, yeah. yeah. Because those negative thoughts come, you know, those negative thoughts will happen. And again, that's, I think what we learned through this whole mix, these, all these mixtapes is J Cole, acknowledges that those negative thoughts are there but at the end of the day you could either choose to let those negative thoughts uh control your life to an extent or you could choose to um focus on the positive because at, like you mentioned the only thing that will provide concept, ta- context for the present the only thing that's really going to determine how a situation happens is what happens in the future and so he's essentially saying like what's the point of thinking at, like that it was a bad thing because at the end of the day you don't know until i mean there's no else there's no else until you're done and so it's essentially what I take from this whole thing is like J. Cole limiting limit in, in, in his thoughts. And it's like, like I mentioned, they're there, but I'm still going to choose to believe that I could do whatever I want to do, or I, I could a- attain these goals because at the end of the day, whether we can do what we want to do or whether we can't, we don't know. And by thinking those negative aspects, taking that negative thought line, it's only going to limit yourself more uh, to accomplish what you want. Yeah, exactly. And like how I look at life now and like the human experience is almost like the heart versus the mind. Mm-hmm. And in the past, I've always looked at the mind as like the driver of who you are. And like, it, it does make up an important part of, of your human experience. But Really, and, and it goes back to something me and you talk about with, like, love versus fear. Mm-hmm. Like, you can break any single thing that happens in the earth down, and it's you can either define it as love or fear. And if you can look at yourself, too, there's a lot of actions that you've taken that were based on love, and there was a lot that were based on fear. And the ones that always work out the best always come from the heart. It, it's always kind of the gut feeling you have about something or, like, what you really feel is right compared to what your mind can muster up. Mm-hmm. And again, it's, it's, it's sad because a lot of people don't understand that their ego is not necessarily there to help them. It, it can in some regard, cause I think that's where you get your confidence from, but it also brings a lot of that negativity. And again, for J Cole to be able to separate that and kind of understand that like true, the true things come from your heart and, 
there was actually a line in uh, "World Is Empty" from the Warn Up that I skipped over. Uh, that says, "Don't chase that cash. Follow your heart. You'll make that fast." And like that's, I think that's exactly like a, he's just a perfect example of that. Where there's a lot of stuff that your mind may think is the right way to go, and that you'll be rewarded for it. But what ultimately wins is following your heart. And again, you're going to get way greater of a return on your investment on the stuff that comes from your heart rather than your mind. It's beautiful. He is absolutely beautiful. I'm not even shitting you. Okay. So I think um, that's a good point to uh, cut it off to an extent. So what, what are we thinking about next week? Do you think we do um, the uh, Cold World and Born Center or do you want to kind of separate uh, Born Center? And then I personally, I think uh, Forest Hills Drive should have an individual pod. Um, what, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I kind of liked how it went with this, having multiple things in the same act. So I think it gave us a uh, greater discussion point. So I feel it. Yeah, tying Cold World and Born Center, I think, would be good. Okay. Together. And the reason I say that is because if you're listening to this podcast from day one, we kind of stunned you with the J. Cole if you didn't know already. Uh, but, um, you know, moving, moving ahead, uh, I think it'd be interesting for our audience to just have an idea of where we want to go next so they could get uh, as much of an understanding of the albums and, and, and the songs as they want so they could it, it help relate it helped them also to relate to what we're talking about and not just have having a no understanding uh, of kind of the songs that we're, we're talking about. Because if I was listening to this podcast and I wasn't one on it, listening to the songs, I would just be listening to us talk about like life, you know what I mean? And, and J Cole's idea of it, but I think it'd be really uh, beneficial for just a listen through of born center and um, the cool world. If you're listening to this podcast, because you know, like we said, the more aware you are, the better, you know, it can't hurt. <laughs> it can't hurt. So, um, I've had a lot of fun with this podcast, th- this individual one, and I'm really looking forward to the next one. Hughes, you got, you got anything else you want to throw in? I'm good, man. Just, uh, again, this is, this is an example of what, what we're going to bring to the table. And like, it actually, again, this is me and you just have a naturally like flowing conversation kind of style. So I, I think I think this was a great example of what we can what we can offer, like what we have to say about stuff. And yeah, I'm just looking forward to uh, continuing the the J Cole journey. Mm-hmm. So next week we got the Cold World and Born Center. Uh, this has been the Divine Mind Podcast. My name is Will Hogsett. Got Dylan Hughes with me on the Running Hook Podcast Network, the greatest goddamn podcast network in the planet. We're on the come up. We're on the come up, about to hit the warm up. Thank you all for listening. Have a blessed week and uh, we'll see you next time.